Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto is your host. Thank you so kind for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today because one more time, you know what I say, this show belongs to whom again? You. This show belongs to you. And whenever I get a chance to speak to any one of our peeps, whether in person or whether over Zoom, when you have something to say, guess what? I want to hear from you. And you know who we are going to hear from today? The one and only Alistair Waters is going to be on with us today from a tape we did, of course, over the over the um, the weekend. She was in my part of town. And you know what? I went and looked for her while she was out there doing some volunteering and some positive work. Anyhow, anyhow. Uh, I need to go ahead and get this show going. You know, as it turns out, every time I do the show in the morning at KPFT, Jack comes in, he comes out with a, a, a little thought. And after he comes with the thought, changes the subject of the show. And guess who else do that? Or does that? You guys do. You know why? Because I love you. I love you. I love you. Anyway, let's go ahead and, and say hello to everybody. Melody Keelan, good afternoon. Saw you this morning, but I things were so hectic with uh, connection to the studio. Didn't get to go to the chat today, but great seeing you there, Melody Keelan. Uh, Eric Hayes is in the house. E2247 is in the house as well. Of course, we have El Señor Michael Rudnan, AVQ. We also have in the house uh, Breeze MCP. La preciosa Brige MCP está con nosotros esta mañana, esta tarde. Uh, let's see, Yvette Avery Herod is in the house. La preciosa Yvette está en el camión. She's in the truck, I know. Are you in the truck right now? I think, maybe. Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a great show for you. And of course, Bridge puts me to work immediately. And what does she want me to do? She wants me to show you guys something special. And there it is. There it is. What do you think about that? I don't know. You know who that guy is, right? Guy from, um, what, what's that place called? Uh, Guyana. Went to Guyana and got a whole lot of people killed. Of course, next to Donald Trump, who's about to bleach everybody, I guess. Who knows? We don't know. Anyway, great, good one. Kool-Aid for cool. He kill one kills with Kool-Aid. The other one kills with bleach. Well, well, he hasn't started killing with bleach yet because I guess the people are a bit more wise than that bleach MCP. Anyhow, 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 let's get busy with the program. I think I introduced everybody. Let me see. Let me make sure that I've got everybody in the house. You know, guys, I like to make sure that we get things started correctly. Jim Jones is the name. That's right. Jim Jones is the name. Jim Jones is the name. Uh, did I find, did I miss anybody before we get started? Anyhow, um, is anybody worried about autocracy? It, 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 do you think people are just, uh, I want to say something about autocracy before I get started because everybody has been or have been I think have been, everybody have been, everybody have been really going after Eric's orange man about this autocratic government that will come to pass. Assuming, oh, she's not working today. Yvette's not working today. All right, Yvette, that means you get a chance to type in or even call in. And if you're not working, you can call in and tell me what's the state of the, the stuff at UPS. I remember 
I remember. Oh, dude, you misspelled my name. How could I possibly have misspelled her name? Did I really do that? Well, if I did that, it'll be fixed, you know. Uh, anyhow, um, folks, as it turns out, uh, look, do are we going to have an autocratic government? Yes or no? Uh, is is Donald Trump going to be elected? Yes or no? Place your votes in the in the thing right now. I'd like to hear it. I'd like to see what your votes are right now. Who thinks that Donald Trump is going to be elected in? Um, get elected let me see who thinks he's going to be elected just put trump or biden i'm curious to see where people's heads are where their heads are oh i do see that i actually misspelled allison instead of alistair that is what happens when you're you're moving pretty fast so go ahead and vote people please tell me what do you think what do you think what do you think is he going to win Donald Trump, or is he going to even run again? What What are your thoughts? Alistair Waters says Biden. Alistair Waters says Biden. Okay. What are the votes that we have here? What are the votes that we have here? Alistair says Biden. Yvette Avery Herod says Biden. Bridge MCP says if he wins, autocracy. Melanie Keelan says Biden. Bruce Pollard says Howdy, but he hasn't answered the question. Who will win the election? Biden or Biden or Trump. And if you are listening and not logged in or typing, please go ahead and type in who you think. But he says Biden must win. Hopefully the other in prison. I hope so, too. Uh, but MCP says, Eric Hayes, your number is correct, but ignores the detail. Federal income on 1.5 million yearly income is 34%. California state tax is 11%. I hope you understand that total is less than the 1950s tax rate. It's not only, again, it surprises me with some of the things that Brother uh, Hayes says because he seems to not understand the numbers. He really doesn't. And he also seems to not understand progressive taxation. What progressive, how progressive taxation operates. All right. But anyway, uh, if Trump wins, the House will stop it not. No, they wouldn't. All right. Let's go ahead. I fixed that name in the main area, uh, Alistair. I'll fix it in the other places as I get the first video on. So the first video is with uh, Alistair's pastor or, or one of the pastors where she goes to church who's doing a very good deed. And anytime these people start doing good things, I think it should be commended. So I went out there and meet that, met them on Saturday for a short time. So let's go ahead and do that first, and then we'll move on. Matt Clayton, how are you doing this morning? Very well, how are you? Hey, look, I understand that you guys are doing a great job, not only here in the States, but actually for a lot of folks around the world yeah. with what you do here. Tell me a little bit about your organization and the project that you're doing. Yeah, so we're Project Playgrounds, and we like to say we build playgrounds for kids who've never seen one. We take down playgrounds in the U.S. that have been used already in our end of life. We fix them up, repair them. And then we rebuild them in communities that are underserved throughout the developing world. 
Now, how comes you're not uh, doing it right? You know, some people say, okay, you're taking all these great playgrounds yeah. to the developing world, but yes. there are places in the United States that probably need some playgrounds. What's yeah, going on? Totally. It's, well, there's a couple reasons. Most of the biggest reason is liability. Uh-huh. So, liability is a big issue for playgrounds. And entities that carry the liability, they don't want to ever have that liability follow them in the U.S. Uh-huh. So when we bring them overseas, we actually purchase the playgrounds and set up agreements so that we now own the playgrounds and organization. Uh-huh. We excuse them from all liability. And right. then by building it overseas, it protects all the groups that HISD, or the ISDs, the uh, communities, the cities from any form of entail liability on that. What got you into doing that? Because that's a pretty ingenious idea. Um, I've lived overseas for a long time, and I was in a bunch of countries in underserved communities. I noticed that there weren't any playgrounds anywhere for kids. Uh-huh. Um, and so we kind of started building playgrounds, first using local materials. And then someone tipped us off to the fact that, you know, in the U.S., every year thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment that's perfectly good mm-hmm. has to get replaced because of liability and so we were we got the we come in tear it out and then we're able to now when you ship this overseas i imagine there's a lot of cost involved in that so do you ship it in containers over uh, in ships we to do. whatever country we'll ship uh three or four playgrounds in a container depending uh-huh. on how big they are right and then we'll ship them down into any country so we've been to 17 countries and we build 69 playgrounds. 69? Yeah. Wow. Now, in, in doing all of this, I imagine also that um, you have agents or associations with other groups overseas, or do you yeah. guys take your people from here and go rebuild them over there? Well, it's a both end. And so what we do is we always work with organizations and established groups in these other countries. Um, so we're never going in just building out of nowhere. So right. we're always working. And one of our goals is to empower local leaders. So typically it's somebody who's already caring for children, somebody who's already uh, working with kids in their community. They want to do better by them. So we work with them to build a playground to help them as a leader in their community and to reach more kids. Um, So we work with those organizations throughout the whole process. And then we bring in a team of installers. Sometimes it's two or three people. Sometimes it's 15, depending on the location and the availability. And then we work with... Typically, we build with the local guys in the community as well. So they give them some ownership into what we're doing. That is great. I mean, it, it also brings a, a certain amount of um, uh, gravitas to the person who is uh, putting it together to, help, I guess, help them move on through the community. No, absolutely. When we go and build these playgrounds, we always give the person who helped us bring it here all the credit. We don't care. Like, right. It's, well, it's about them. And so we tell the community, hey, look, this person, they brought this playground for you. We're here to help. And we're super thankful. Matt Clayton, good work. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you. Take care. I just, you know, one of the reasons I like to highlight things like this is because with all the doom and gloom that we always talk about and watch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, one of the things that we fail to meet or talk about too often is that there are people out there just living with all the politics that we talk about, with all the the, the dissension with all the fighting, with all the all these things. There are some people that are just putting their heads to the pavement and they're going out there and they're just doing good things for society. They're not building Republican or Democratic or independent playgrounds. They're just building playgrounds for the kids to play. They're just doing things to make people happy, right? In the case of what Matt uh, Clayton is doing, along with his pew, 
he's out there saying, you know what? I'm going to be, look, I didn't discuss one inch of politics with Clayton. You know, uh, given the part of our town and, and where we are, I can make assumptions as to, you know, his political affiliations. But it didn't matter because he came out there and he's doing something, man. He is doing something to make put a smile on people's lives overseas. And while we get a bad reputation overseas for all the damage that many a times we do to people in other countries, just think about when Matt goes over there with his team as an American and they're building up these places, the goodwill that it has towards the American people, not the American government, but the good, just the goodwill that it has towards the American people saying, hey, Americans are good people. M.R. Rational, welcome to Politics Done Right. He says, I am horrified and bewildered that such a high percentage of my fellow Americans are willing to vote for a corrupt and anti-American candidate, especially when confronted with a great president. Um, look, let me tell you something. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is that many of people are out there, they're fooled. They're completely not understanding the gravity of the decisions. By the way, folks, if you are just coming on to, to your, our YouTube channel, please go ahead and do a, what do I call that? A pivot up. Give us a thumbs up. We need that to help the algorithm promote the program uh, to get more real-time coverage. So go ahead, please, and give us that thumbs up. That will help us do what we need to get done. Anyway, so as I'm saying, Mr. Rational, it turns out that many people are just disguised. But I'm going to explain a few things later on um, because I want to go into some things that I spoke about earlier this morning at KPFT. Uh, but a bit before I go, let's see if I need uh, Rodin says progressive taxation. The more you make, the higher your marginal tax rate is in the 1940s and 50s. This sort of progressive taxation created the middle class. Our nation broke from this since the 1980s and our middle class uh, uh, has suffered ever since. Look, it's it's uh, a progressive taxation solves a mathematical problem. It also solves a, 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 a aberration in a capitalist society. That only can be solved with a progressive taxation. That means that as you make more money, the marginal amount of money that you make, not the your, your first $25,000, no matter how much you make, will always be untaxed. Your next $50,000, or I don't, I don't know the numbers, well, some will be taxed at 15%. The next amount will be taxed at 25%. The next amount eventually get to 39%. What we are saying is that, and after you reach a certain amount of millions of dollars, uh, you should be taxed at 90%, even more. Because understand that that isn't really money that you physically earned. It is money that was created out of the aberration of what capitalism is. And what we do to make the numbers work is pull it back into the economy. I know a lot of people don't get it because they've been fooled for so long into believing that if you make a lot of money, you've earned a lot of money, right? That guy who sits down twiddling his fingers at a stock market uh, uh, that just automatically goes up and he makes $10 million. That $10 million is at the expense of something else. 
It's an aberration within capitalism that allows him to do that. The thing about it, the thing about it, by the way, appeals court just rejected Meadows' bid to move the case from Georgia into federal court. So he's stuck. So it is important for you to understand that. Very important for you to understand that. Why progressive taxation is the only savior of some sort of capitalism. Absent that, the numbers don't work. Mathematics says that it all skews exponentially to one side. That's a mathematical certainty. Just do the math. It's a mathematical certainty. Uh, another example is if, if, if the, most of the country is growing at 2.5%, but the wealthy has instruments that allow them to grow at 5%, 20%, 15%, that gives a permanent tilt in the wealth and income of the, in the complete economic system. It is simply unsustainable. No way to sustain that from a mathematical point of view. It, it, it cannot fail. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Paul uh, says, okay, I just, I, I just saw that one as well. Ryan W. Featherstone says, I'm voting for Biden next uh, year, but the vote blew no matter who. Taking point hurt Democrats in 2016 more than it helped them. I agree. It's not about, look, I, I, I tell you what I want, uh, Featherstone. I don't want us to just say we vote blue for the sake of blue, voting blue. I want the blue folks to go out there and say what they intend to do to earn that vote. I don't want it to be just given. So you're absolutely right, sir. You are absolutely right. Bridge puts me to work again with saying, socialism is the fire department saving your house. Capitalism is, is the insurance company denying your claim. That is beautiful because it is so true. It is so true. And why is that capitalism? Because it follows the rule, maximizing the income of the shareholder and the, the bonuses of the executive at all costs. So if it means that, well, you didn't follow a code, and because you didn't follow that code, you lose your money, so be it. You lose your money. All right? Good one, British MCP. I repeat, socialism is the fire department saving your house. Capitalism is the insurance denying. Absolute and perfecto and well stated. All right. Mike Cisak says the Georgia case, along with the Florida case, will be gone soon enough after Scudder shoots it all down as unconstitutional. Um, I think you're going to, you're going to, I tell you what, you want to bet some money on that one, uh, Mike? Tell me how much you want to bet on it, and we'll bet on it right here on air. Tell me how much you want to bet. Come on. Put your money where your mouth is. All right. I have another video, and this is the last video of the day, and then we'll just go into answering whatever questions you have, whatever you want to talk about today, because I, don't, I didn't prepare anything else. So I want you guys to be involved in the conversation. So start thinking as, as I play Alistair Waters. And by the way, Alistair, I corrected my mistake and spelled your name was spelled correctly in the video. It was spelled incorrectly in the lead. That was fixed. So start thinking about stuff that you want to talk about as I play Alistair. We did this video over the weekend. Alistair was in my part of town. She's on the PDR Posse. And I went there to meet her. So 
Check Alistair out. She has some prescient words for us all. Alistair Waters, PDR Posse Numero Uno. You are out here with what organization again? It's called Project Playground, and my pastor, Matt, does digital media with my church Uh out of Conroe. And him and his wife take these playgrounds that would go to landfills because they can't be reused in the United States for legal purposes. Um, and it gets shipped overseas to various country, developing countries uh-huh. to bring joy to little ones that have never played on a playground before. It's a great thing, it isn't is it? It's beautiful. It's it's killing two birds with one stone. With one stone, absolutely so. You know, keeping this wonderful stuff yeah. out of landfills. And, and at the same time, can serve all the people. Life. Right. Giving it another life to make other people happy. Look, you're talking about right now being disabled, but that coming out here and doing something positive to society does something for your mental health. Talk to me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, on so many levels, serving helps me personally have an attitude of gratitude. I appreciate what I have in my life. And... It helps me strive to be a better person. I see impacts with my volunteering. And not that I'm the only person that gets, you know, gets something positive out of it emotionally. Um, I know that, like, this this project playground that I volunteer with, it brings a smile to a kid's face. So that, the ripple effect of it all is amazing and that fills my bucket so that I can water other flowers in the garden and it keeps me from wallowing and laying under blankets and going in a downward spiral because when you isolate that can happen with a mental illness but if you put yourself out there with people that are of like minds or kind people I like that kind Be with people. kindness. It is so easy to be kind, isn't it? It really is. And there's less feeling of judgment when you're with people that are doing something positive for a community. So it's definitely worthwhile. Thank you, Alistair. Absolutely. It was great seeing one of our PDR Posse people in, in person. So now... We've we've interviewed so many of our posse so far. We've had, let's see, we've had Bridge MCP, we've had Paul Fleming, we've had uh, Yvette Herod. Uh, let's see, who else did we? We've I don't think we've done Lee Grant yet. Uh, let me go to the list of people that are here to see. It. I'm going to start from the beginning. We've had Yvette Avery Herod. Michael Rudden won't do an interview. I don't know why. Uh, Melanie Keelan, I don't know. I, I, I think, well, we kind of sort of interview uh, Melanie when we are doing our Ask Egberto Anything on Saturdays. Bridge MCP got an interview. Not Maywood yet. Maywood, you, uh, did we do No, Maywood just come and ask Egberto anything. Uh, let's see. I'm going down. I'm scrolling down to see all those people that we've actually got on here. Yvette Avery Herod spoke with us three or four times. Uh, let's see who else we got. Now Alistair has joined the fold and Bruce Pollard, of course, has been interviewed with me about three or four times, including being at the table with me in the studio at KPFT. 
Uh, let's see what else we got here. What else we got? Weird News Network says Biden is going to win. Thank you, Weird News Network. Uh, who else have we got here? I'm going to start reading your stuff in a minute, guys. I'm going to start reading your stuff in a minute. I'm, I'm just going through my list because I like to kind of remind people. Paul Fleming got interviewed as well, who been on with us. Uh, you know who's going to make a good interview? Melissa Bowie. Welcome, Melissa. Melissa is a, is a great mother. Uh, she's going to have a good interview. Melissa, when's going to be your turn, girl? Uh, let's continue here. All right. Let's go ahead and start reading some of your stuff out. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Breaking news circuit, 11th court rejects appeals. Mark Meadows' appeal, I already stated that. Paul Fleming says, Nicola founder Trevor Milton has been sentenced to four years in prison for lying to investors about the company's hydrogen technology. Uh, Paul Fleming says, breaking, Pope Francis allows priests to bless same-sex unions, saying people shouldn't be subject to exhaustive moral analysis to get them. I don't know if people understand how big a change that is. That I don't, it's, I don't know how Catholics are going to handle that here, but I can tell you in Panama, that is going to be a monumental change because right there, that says validation. In Central America and South America, the Catholic Church is everything. Everything. Okay. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says it shouldn't be easy. It should be easier to track your pizza than it is your ballot. Check out my latest Substack post to learn more about my bipartisan bill to require all mail in ballots to be trackable and what else we can do to protect elections. That is from Katie Porter's um, Substack. Thank you for bringing that up to, to us, Paul Fleming. E2247 says, Paul Obasday, the U.S. bishop, made many cardinals and Roman Catholic uh, cure and a load of global influential Nazi-like politicians and Catholic parishioners have been going after Francis for years. I'm glad he stands up to them all. Exactly right. Um, Mr. Rational has an interesting take. I want you all to listen to this because it is, this is interesting because it proves the invalidity of what we call capitalism here. He says, capitalism is a free movement of capital goods and labor. So we need to give all those people in the South green cards. We need not, we need to let money and products go where it is more effective. A true capitalist society would look and say, Labor shortage in the United States in certain areas. A whole bunch of people on the border wanting to do this work. Let's connect those people with the work. It'll, it'll increase the economy. It'll do a whole lot. But you have to realize that what we have, that capitalism as we practice it, isn't real capitalism. It's crony capitalism based on a lot of people's own stereotypes. Just a little thought for you to take on right there. But uh, I, 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 on, on one of our sub, when I, when I take up capitalism uh, in more detail, I'll go into that a bit deeper. Now, over the holidays, there, some of our shows on KPFT will be taped. And you'll hear a lot of shows from uh, some of these folks who understand that you'll hear from, uh, from of course, Richard. Wolf and a few others. So all of that is in the works for you. 
All right. Lee Grant says capitalism for all its faults has lifted poor countries out of poverty. Check out. Look, uh, if that is from what you call it, university, I'm curious. I bet that's where it's going to be from. Let me take a look at it real quick. I really want to see what video you sent me. I don't normally bring the videos up. Let's see what video is it. Prager University. <laughs> Prager University is a joke. You cannot believe absolutely anything from Prager University. First of all, it's not a university. It's a propaganda engine. The fact of the matter is let's talk about what capitalism has done to countries. Let's talk about what capitalism has done to Jamaica and the bauxite that it extracts and who gains from it. Let's talk about what capitalism has done in Panama with the copper that it extracts out of a strip mine that destroys our environment as it does it. Let's talk about what capitalism has done to all our national parks as it drills for oil and take and all the spoils go to a few, even though the country belongs to all of us. Uh, Lee Grant. Lee Grant, let's detoxify your mind from the belief that there's something good. Capitalism has good constructs, but whereas uh, America uses capitalism as the God and everything comes under that, I want to use we the people as God that God in the way you talk, think about it, and capitalism as just a tool. Right now, capitalism isn't a tool. Right now, capitalism is the God. We need to flip that. And, and let me give an example that I gave at a, at a, at a um, symposium that I spoke at. I was at a, on a panel, and we, they came up with ideas as far as the things that we needed to do for society. Give, give family leave and all these other items, okay? And here is and here is the deal. The first thing that person asked, the businessman, the capitalist in our group, I was the left wing, uh, left wing guy on the on the panel. We also had a, a neoliberal Democrat. We also had a moderate Republican and a right wing Republican. The first thing the right that the the regular moderate Republican asked after we talk about policies was. How does that affect business? In other words, given healthcare, how does that affect business? Given family leave, how does that affect business? Given, uh, given, uh, uh, let's say, uh, basic income, how does that affect affect business? And I listened to him talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And my next question was simple. It was simple. The question isn't. How does a social program affect business is how do we work business around the social programs that we need? We put it in the wrong direction. We put business, capitalism on top, and everything falls under. So that's why we can have pollution and think about whether to clean it up or maybe not. That is why we can think about throwing crap into the air, whether to clean it up or not. Because the first thing that we think about is business. Cleaning up behind ourselves costs money. It reduces the wealth and income of the business owner. Now, if we reverse that and put the social construct first and everything under that, we can then use capitalism to say we can capitalize certain businesses. 
so that they can have good competition to make a better pizza, to create a better grocery store, to build a better car. All those things fall under that capitalist wing of this thing under all our social programs, right? That capital part works well for doing those things where that kind of competition is needed. But there's another string here. Under that social programs, we have healthcare for all. Everybody has healthcare. Under that, we also have uh, making sure that families are taken care of. All these things are have a stake in our entire social structure. That's why I wrote the book, How to Make America Utopia. Because we are of the, the belief that we have to do things the way we're doing it first. Business first. And how is that going to affect business? I don't give a damn how it's going to affect business. I think first, how do we create the social structure? People say, well, where is the money going to come from? Money is the figment of our imagination. And we created money for the business structure. Suppose we created money for the social structure of which business is just one stakeholder. You see, that is what we are supposed to be doing. That is a humane thing to do. But you're not going to hear that. And the reason you don't hear that is under that structure, you get a more even distribution based on your real worth to society. What are you worth? What do you produce for society? Bill Gates produces nothing anymore, but he's wealthy as can be. Jeff Bezos produces nothing, but they're as wealthy as they can be. Yet the people who are right this Christmas season, this holiday season, are busting their asses, coming to your home, dropping those packages off, making sure it gets there in time. They're the ones doing all this stuff. The engineer who designed that system that have the robots pulling all the stuff for Amazon to pack it efficiently and get to you, those are the people doing the work. But Bezos makes more than them. 300 times more than they do, if not more. And his wealth, not to speak about his wealth, is ridiculously high. But we have been indoctrinated into thinking that is how things are supposed to be. We created the economic structure. It wasn't created by somebody else. It's a man-made structure designed to support the kind of men that designed it in the first place. There are many other structures, economic structures, that we could migrate into that takes care of humanity first. But you have to open your mind. You have to stop being indoctrinated. You have to, be, you have to stop being enslaved. And one of the things that we want to do at Politics Done Right is to remove the chains from your mind. You remember that commercial on TV that, you know, these chains on your hands, we can remove them. It's how do we get the chains out of your minds? And most American minds right now remains in chains. I remember you used to think that, well, you look at black folks in chains or you look at the, 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 the indigenous people being abused and people felt sorry for them, not realizing that they themselves, the ones that are looking down, were all enslaved. Folks, we're all in the same boat together. 
That's why I say we need to love on each other. We're all in the same boat together. All right, let me stop talking and start reading to uh, Alistair. Was a blast seeing you too, sis. Okay, let's continue reading. Let's continue reading. Mr. Rational says, those playground people are really good. Personally, I just drink heavily. Don't try this at home. <laughs> All right. Alistair Waters thanks Melanie and Bridge. Paul Fleming says, when Trump quotes Putin about the rottenness of a political system, he is using a classic disinformation tactic to undermine democracy. Exactly. 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 All right. Alistair Waters says, the Pope is highly unpopular in North Texas. I wonder why. And here comes a limerick from Tom Zarnick. And here it goes. Let me prepare. Let me prepare the voice for the limerick. It goes like this. Biden must win because. And that's a new limerick. I was about to read it wrong. The name of the new limerick is Biden must win because. Trump admires autocratic and dictator. Oh, wait, let's, let's back up. Let's start over. Trump admires autocrats and dictators, insurrectionists, criminals, and traitors. If he does get reelected, the worst can be expected. He'll be the hero of bigots, thugs, and haters. Una vez más lo hiciste preciosamente correcto, mi hermano. That was perfect what you just did, brother. All right. Uh, Eric Hayes came with his... I'm going to read it, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to read it, because I want to make a point about my brother Eric here. He says, capitalism, and then in uppercase, capitalism pays for your free cards and such punto finale. <laughs> that is your classic enslaved mindset. I repeat, that is the classic enslaved mindset. If I ask Eric to explain to me that statement, he couldn't. He could not possibly explain that comment because even that freeloader on the street that you give a dollar to go to a mac or give five dollars to go to a mcdonald to feed themselves that's a contributor to our economy absent him taking that five dollars and going to mcdonald that mcdonald would have not completed its task folks like i tell you uh, the enslaved mind is difficult. I mean, it's indoctrinated. It's enslaved. My mind at one point in time was enslaved. As I came to the United States, as I truly believed in, 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 in this stuff, uh, uh, in, in this capitalist structure, I, was, I believed it. But you know what? Deep down, I should have known that I was lying to myself. I, I tell you a quick, quick, quick story. When I came to the United States of America, before I went to the University of Texas, I was on a, I always came to study engineering, but I was on a music scholarship at Blinn playing the tuba and the bass guitar in the stage band. And I took an economics class. And in that economics class, we were talking, and I wrote about this in my book, As I See It. Uh, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. In that economics book, uh, that when I read the economics book and the professor asking us questions about what would happen if, like he, he said, what would happen if there, that you, you made a whole a product 
that, that was in very, very high demand. And, and I said, can I make a lot of it? He said, yeah, you can make a lot of it. I said, great. Eventually, if I can make a lot, I can keep the price the same because I can get, I can even drop the price because I can still make the same amount of money by selling more. And since I'm selling so much, I don't have to have the price so high. And I'm, this is, this is this 18 year old kid in an economics class. My first thought was, if I can make a whole lot of this stuff and the demand continues high, I can drop the price indefinitely because I don't need all that money. That is what's my thought process. The professor laughed at me because that's not capitalism, right? As, as, it, as, it's, as it's people demand it, I make the, I make the mythical market determine the price. If a lot of people want your product, they're willing to pay whatever it can for their product, for, for that product, right? Irrespective of what it costs you to make. So free money. And for the longest time, it took me a while to inculcate that into the brain that that was moral. Let me just tell you, we all do it, right? I, I take whatever I can get for a product that I sell. You know, I mean, but there has to be some limit to where you go with it. And my morality, right, was like, oh, man, that isn't right. But eventually I acquiesced and I got my mind enslaved, indoctrinated, and that's just how things work. And I remember when I heard about a 90% tax rate back in the 70s, or actually I think it was 60s, I was like, that is crazy, even though it's a marginal tax rate. Indoctrination, mental enslavement. But then I saw as I went to a, one of the places that, that started to change my, change, make me moral again, change back the way I thought, was listening to Dr. Richard Wolf. I went to one of his symposium, one of his conferences, and he drew a curve and he showed how the economic system was really destroying people. And many times without them even knowing, like wages not going up at all for 30 years, what was going up is the credit that was afforded you. So whereas it seemed like you could buy more, what you did was borrowed more to buy more. So now instead of just owing for what you bought, you also owe the master that loaned you the money. So you're giving him money for free as you're getting the stuff today. The economic system, folks, again, the economic system, the economic system. All right, let's continue. I read the limerick, beautiful. I read the limerick. All right, Paul says, Habitat for Humanity through our Advancing Black Home Ownership Initiative. Habitat for Humanity affiliates across the country have made the pursuit of racial justice and housing a core component of their work. Habitat for Humanity of Dutchess County process as an example of this localized approach. I love that. But I have always been a donor to Habitat for Humanity because I think Carter did a great job with that program. All right, from Michael Rudnan, here's it on the screen. Michael Brooks, Majority Report. Conservative comedy is basically you say the truth and then laugh about how you don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Egberto, did you not enjoy your money from capitalism? Yes, you did. 
again, I'm not going to deny that in the days that I made a lot of money, I enjoyed being able to go out and not think about money. I do have to think about money now. I never had to think about money when, you know, when I had my software company in its heyday. I, I admit that. And I think I've done a lot of atoning for um, for what I consider. Well, you know, I've spoken about that a whole lot already. But yeah, so I mean, I don't mind you calling me out that way. But you know what? What else you should call out? That not because I did stuff one way, do, do I not come out and say a lot of these things are wrong? Remember what I told you when I sold that $10,000 license to Boeing? And when they came back, and I could have probably tripled that if I wanted to. And I said, you know what? Yeah, Boeing will pay it. No, pro- no problem at all. No problem at all. But ultimately, the people who paid are the ones who buy the ticket. Right? Right? So, no. Uh, all right, Charles Bill, the New York columnist behind the HBO documentary South to Black Power talks of how Black Americans migrate in South could gain majorities to near majorities in states. Yeah, that would apply, that would apply to Mississippi, likely Alabama, and I think to some extent Georgia. All right, what else has Michael got here for me? Michael keeps giving me these things for the screen. Here's another one for you, Michael. 1842, if workers can legally strike, no business will be able to survive. That was 18, that's what uh, some said in 1842, 1888. 1887 says, Given, give blacks an entire dollar for a day's labor, might as well burn my business to the ground. 1912, worker debts are tragic, but anti-sweatshop laws would be the death of industry in America. 1915, when workers can't be fired for joining a union, how can anyone stay in business? See, you see why I tell you we're all slaves because that's what the business community wants? 1924, Banning child labor would destroy the economy, right, little Timmy? <laughs> That's right. 1938, we can't have a 40-hour work week because if we do, there'll be no employers left to hire anyone. Wow. 1964, equal pay for women and Negroes? Business can't stay afloat if federal regulations strangle us. This is a brief history of corporate whining. Uh, that that Rudnan found. 1970, health and safety laws are a formula for massive permanent unemployment. And last but not least now, if the new labor rights law passes, then business is doomed. Doomed. As you can see, like I said earlier, it's always about business first, humanity second. Business first, humanity second. All right. What else have we got here? Let me scroll down. Mr. Rational says, uh, wait, let me back up. Eric Hayes says, capitalism and the fossil industry make life easier and more comfortable and easier for all. Yes, everything is touched by it. Just don't burn down businesses. That is the humane thing to do. I don't know what the hell you're saying there, my brother, but I can tell you one thing. Uh, the, the fossil fuel industry is directly responsible for the slowdown of green energy from coming to fruition. And in doing so, they are responsible for throwing a whole lot of crap into the air. And as they don't want to help the third world countries who didn't put a lot of crap into the air, it shows you the immorality. It shows you the immorality of what's going on. Let me, I, I want to use 
again, I like to I like when right wingers tell me things like this, and let me tell you why. Do you not the, the, the total amount? There's a total amount of carbon dioxide that was thrown into the atmosphere by Western countries more so than anywhere else. The number one country that has thrown stuff into the atmosphere that we live with just about permanently is the United States of America, followed by China. Of course, China has been putting more in lately, but we they still haven't caught up with what we, during the, uh, the, the Industrial Revolution and beyond, has thrown into the atmosphere. Hasn't changed. We have the most, we have damaged the atmosphere more than anyone else, which comes, which should tell you if there's a cleanup, if there's a penalty, if there's a sacrifice, the people who profited from polluting that atmosphere should bear the significant costs. And that's all third world countries are saying. Hey, we didn't do that. But when that hurricane is worse comes, it destroys my country because of something you threw up into the air. When all these bad storms destroy our economies, we got to pay for it. But we didn't profit at all as you were getting our bauxite, as you were getting our nickel, as you were getting our, 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 uh, not iron, como se llama? What is that? Uh, ferrous material. As, as, you were, as you were getting our oil, as you were doing all these things, you were taking our raw material, sending it us back added value, which means we even paid more for, for what we sold you, which means if we sold you a whole ton of stuff, we just get back a little bit of stuff for what you took from us. And now with climate change and the destruction it caused, you want us to also bear the brunt? That's capitalism for you. That's capitalism for you. No heart, no soul, no morality at all. A lot of people don't like to hear it, but that is the truth. No morality, no soul. And the statement that they like to say that capitalism has taken a whole lot of countries out of poverty, go ask the Philippines, go ask uh, Peru. Go ask Argentina. Go ask them who, who did it. All right? Go ask who did it. All right. Michael Rodney says, top marginal tax rates means income earned above certain level. What's paid under those top level is the same for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Rodney says, oh, a conspiracy theory emerges into the chat. I don't do conspiracy theories. So let's see what else again. Uh, 12 minute Egberto Willis. Lots of comments. I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. But some comments require me to kind of say a few things. All right. Good luck with redistribution. Progressing as the rich will never give up what they have. They will move it and themselves. No, they can't move it. They can't move it if we say no. Okay. There are more of us than them. Stop giving power to the rich that they don't have. Uh, Michael Rones Egberto, that Michael Brooks image currently on the screen. Uh, someone said about capitalism, for all its faults, they acknowledge problems, but whatever, nothing to do with fixing those problems. That's true. They don't fix those problems at all. All right. Let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? But he says people need to learn to read and dig deeper. They, they stop when it suits them what they think is true. The mind is like an umbrella. Doesn't work if it's not open. Very true. Egberto, what children have learned from Trump? Please read. 
Oh, man, you got another one for me. You guys have gave me a lot of good stuff to put on the screen today. White children have learned from Trump. Mocking the disabled is cool. Never apologize. Never admit you're wrong. Name calling is cool. Science is stupid. Empathy is for losers. Be afraid of anyone not white. Cheating is acceptable. Bullying people is good. Stealing from charities is okay. Reading is a waste of time. Attacking dead people is fine. Distorting the truth is normal. Always blame others. Always take credit when no credit is due. I think that's why you got on my case, Bridge. You wanted me to read that very excellent meme. And you're right. All right, let's see, Egberto, that history of labor laws cartoon is a classic. Always put the needs of people above the greed of the businessmen. You got it right, brother. You got it right. You got it right. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes says China pollutes and gets all the raw material for EV batteries. And you are talking about them, right? I'm talking about anybody who pollutes. So Lee Grant says, so you want us to feel guilty about carbon? We don't, I don't want you to feel guilty about carbon. I want you to clean up your mess. That's all. There's no guilt here. Just do the right thing. Nada más. Te estoy preguntando. Do the damn right thing. All right. Uh, thank you, Tom Sarnik, for coming with one of the most intelligent statements of the day. Progressive redistribution works in Scandinavia. The Nordic model is the combination of social welfare and economic system adopted by Nordic countries. It combines features of capitalism, such as market economy and economic efficiency, with social benefits such as state pensions and income uh, distribution from Investopedia. And again, like what I said, social top, capitalism, childcare, all these different things. That's what we need to look at, period. All right. Aha, uh -huh. Egberto Willis, aha. Uh -huh. Okay, we see. I still got a chance to read it before the show ended. I still got a chance to read them all. With Well, I, I miss a whole lot of the, the things from uh, Fleming. Fleming was filling me up like, like Rundin used to do, and I re read a whole bunch of them. You know what, Fleming? I read a whole lot of them. Uh, Scandinavia is well, – I'm not going to get into that with you, um, uh, Eric, because what, what Brother Zarnik said is the absolute truth. Period. And as you like to repeat from me, punto final. All right, folks, please support the show. We're coming close to the end of the show. We got a minute and a half left to go. Please support the show. How can you support the show? Please go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. That has all the different ways in which you can support our program. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. All the different ways of you support the program. We need your support. We cannot exist without you. We cannot exist without you. All right. Uh, and I want to ask you so kindly. I, I have a, uh, the, our Substack newsletter called Egberto Off the Record. I'd like to ask you to become a paid subscriber. It's a free newsletter. But if you become a paid subscriber, you can read all our books in, uh, in the application or online. Uh, I've written five books so far. I have three more books that I've, I have in the making and more to come. Uh, and uh, so please remember to go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Become a subscriber. Please become a paid subscriber and you get all the, the little perks that I've told you about. But we cannot do this without our paid subscribers, our paid supporters uh, at all. And many of you have, I can't tell you, uh, look, I need, I need about five times the support that I have right now. Right. Uh, I need at least five times the support that I have right now because, but you know, but I am happy 
for those that are supporting this program right now, because that is how we change the world. I hope you listened to the KPFT program earlier this morning, because we talked a lot about that this morning. Anyway, I got to get out of here. One more time, I'll put the link in there, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Please become a paid subscriber if you have the wherewithal to do so. It's like getting uh, Politics and Right a coffee a month, a coffee a month. Wouldn't you do that? I know you would. All right. Anyhow, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank all of you. My name is Egberto Willis, Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.